Catherine Vesnes here, and welcome back to more Money Minutes for Doctors. And today our topic is, what is the minimal financial dosage that you can still do and be financially secure? So, you know, if you have further questions about your finances, or if there's something else you'd like us to cover in a future episode, please reach out to us. You can do so by emailing us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. And please don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media, MD Financial Advisors. You won't miss an episode that way. And it does help us get the message out to more doctors. And I should mention to you that unlike other financial uh, podcasts for doctors, we don't take any advertising money. I pay for all of this myself. We do it all with our team. So it really helps us in the standings if you'd be so kind as to like us and send it on to your colleagues. So thanks for helping us out. All right, so there are probably millions of articles out there about small tips and tricks that you can use to improve your finances today. And they wanna be easy, they wanna be doable, they wanna be effective, right? But I started thinking about doctors and how you always want to apply the minimum effective dose when you're working with a patient. And I thought, well, shouldn't there be a minimum effective dose that doctors can use for their own finances. So that's what we're going to be talking about today in this quick episode. So for our purposes, we're going to assume that you are a doctor who takes home after your taxes, after your retirement plans at work, after your medical insurance and deductions, about $20,000 a month or $240,000 a year. I know for some of you that's going to be on the low side, maybe some on the high side, but just to make things easy for our uh, discussions today. So if you are a young doctor, suggest that the minimal effective dose is 20%. What I mean by that is 20% of your take-home pay should go to savings and investment. Now, in fact, if you're an older doctor and you haven't started really saving much, that number is going to be higher. And we're going to be talking about that in a minute. But yes, in case you haven't done the math in your head, Take a deep breath. That does come out to 4,000 a month. Yes, I know that can be horrible. 48,000 a year. But frankly, when I do the numbers on what you need to retire successfully, and by that I mean to retire without running out of money, that number is not too large. All right, let's run through some case studies and you can see how this might play out. So let's take case study number one, Dr. Jane. Dr. Jane is 35 years old. She's heavily in debt. She's even got credit card debt she can't pay off every month. She's got student loans. So here's what her 20% might look like, her 4,000 a month. I would put 1,000 a month into an emergency fund. Right now, she can put it in a bank and a high yield savings. She can probably get four or 5%. No, that's not gonna last forever, but make use of it while you can. It's so important to have that emergency fund because if she had that emergency fund, she wouldn't be relying upon her credit cards. So that's incredibly important. Uh, and a rough rule of thumb I'd like you to be thinking about for emergency fund is three to five months fixed living expenses. Most doctors don't have to worry too much about having the large emergency funds that attorneys or engineers need because you could easily get another job. But this is just to carry you over in case something horrible happens, or you've got some big crisis. So a thousand a month into an emergency fund. Then I would take 1500 a month and prepay 
her high interest debt. So this 1500 would be in addition to her regular loan payments. So her regular minimum loan payments, whatever she's paying, this is an additional $1,500 with the goal that we wanna get that high interest debt paid off as soon as we possibly can. And then I would take the remaining $1,500 and I would put this into long-term savings. Now, one of the big, big mistakes we see doctors do is they think very sequentially, like I've got this debt, student debt, I've got to pay it off. It's going to take me five or eight years to get that paid off. And then I can start saving. Well, what's happened then is they've missed the miracle of compound interest. And that those few years, the five, eight, 10 years it takes them to get started has a huge impact on how much money they're going to have by the time that they retire. So even though 1500 a month isn't as much as we would love Dr. Jane to be, investing at this stage, it's something. And doing something is a lot better than doing nothing. So between her emergency fund at $1,000, her 1500 a month into prepaying high interest debt and her 1500, that is Dr. Jane's 4,000 per month. Now, once her emergency fund is up to maybe five or even six months of fixed living expenses, maybe it's three for her, whatever that is, Guess what? Then she can take that $1,500 a month and she can add it to her long-term savings. Whoopee! Now she's at $2,500 a month in long-term savings. And then, of course, once her high interest debt is paid off, she can take all of that, that $4,000 a month, and put that towards long-term savings. All right. So that's Dr. Jane, our young doctor who's heavily in debt. Now, on to case study number two, Dr. James. Dr. James is pretty much the same facts as above, except James, lucky him, has no high interest debt and he already has an emergency fund. Yay. For James, I would just put all 4,000 into his long-term savings. Good on him. It's going to be fantastic. And of course, over time, we want to increase this as uh, his take-home pay goes up. That 20% is going to get higher and higher, obviously, in, in the actual dollars, not necessarily in percentages. And he can add that to his long-term savings. All right, what about Dr. Al? Al is 50, he has minimal savings for retirement and is in bad health. Now, unfortunately, this situation is a lot more common than you think. I see tons of 50-year-old doctors who are really burnt out. They'd love to retire tomorrow, and frankly, it's impacting their health, and my heart really goes out to them. In Al's case, he might wanna consider actually doing 30%, in his case, we have the same take-home pay of 20,000 a month. That would be, of course, 6,000 per month. Now, this is where we call running the numbers comes into play. What I mean by running the numbers is it's really important for Dr. Al to have a clear picture of what does he mean, what does he need for retirement? How much does that really need? Because I see far too many doctors today who are 60-ish, uh, uh, maybe 65, they're getting really close to retiring, and they haven't looked at those projections. They haven't run the numbers. And unfortunately, these are doctors who have what I call type 2 financial disease. So obviously, you know what type 2 diabetes is? Your doctors. Now, I'm just a layperson, but I've read a lot about this recently. And one of the things that keeps coming to me over and over is type 2 diabetes is largely, maybe not entirely, but largely a lifestyle illness. Many of these patients are eating too much carbs, too much sugar, and not enough exercise. And 
one of the crazy things about this illness is a the patient feels fine and b they don't realize they're at risk of going blind or losing a limb it's it's a horrible horrible illness that in many cases could be preventable well in my mind some doctors are suffering from type 2 financial disease they think they're okay because they've had high incomes their entire careers they're getting close to retirement they haven't planned for retirement and they haven't realized that their lifestyle has actually cost them that they won't be able to have the same lifestyle in retirement and that can be even more devastating for a doctor like our hypothetical dr al who's in poor health maybe he has to retire before he's 65 before uh because he's in, uh, his health is so badly he can't continue to work in these situations we typically have to increase savings but we want you to do this in a very thoughtful way where what's available what is it going to take for you to be able to get to your goals and then we have to look at sometimes some very hard decisions does it mean reducing your lifestyle does it mean working some part-time hours after retirement does it mean moving to a state where your income taxes are actually a lot less so there's a number of different factors that go into play here. Um, but I'd like you to be thinking about this if you're maybe 50, 55, and 60, and you haven't really done any retirement planning, now is the time to get started. You don't want to put this off too late. And you may have to think about saving any more because the minimal effective dose for you could be more than it would be for a young doctor. So very important to have Al trusted advisor look at these projections for him so he can retire and feel very, very secure. So in conclusion, the beauty of this method is once you have the minimal effective financial dose for you, guess what? You get to spend all the rest. Trip to Aruba? Hey, go for it. You need new furniture? Knock yourself out. Because when you pay yourself first, everything else falls into place and you can be at peace about it. All right, in closing, please follow us on social media. As I mentioned, it really helps us a lot. If you found this helpful, I'd love it if you'd forward it to your colleagues. If you've got questions or topics for future issues, we'd like to know those too. I'd love to cover them for you. And finally, you can reach out to us directly for a second opinion on your financial health by emailing us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. And in the meantime, Hey, be good to yourself, plan, protect, and prosper.